0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to River Valley Church Fresno's podcast. For more information on us, please log in to our website, rvcfresno.com, or you can find us at the App Store, River Valley Church Fresno. Well, good morning, RVC. Thank you for joining us for our online service. We hope you're having a great Sunday or whenever you're watching this service uh, with us right now. Um, We are going to be doing a short little series that I believe God has really just placed on our hearts. um, And it's about a call to pray. Uh, Friends, if you haven't noticed as you look around our society and our communities, uh, that we are under attack. This isn't a physical attack. This isn't a political attack, but it is a spiritual attack that is being waged on the body of Christ and in our world and society. And this is a time for the church to get back where we see big victories because we are answering the call to pray big prayers for people's lives and our lives. Uh, This is a chance for us to see believers standing strong in the face of spiritual attack. Uh, My hope is that the next couple weeks that you and I will recognize that prayer needs to be our first reaction, our first response, our first resort, rather than getting to it. Well, gosh, it's it's our last resort. Maybe we should pray. I wonder if you and I have a first response to pray and really intercede that you never get to that last resort. So that's what we're going to be talking about the next couple weeks. Today, I want you to look. Look at with me at Ephesians chapter six, verse 10 through 18. We talk about the role of prayer and the spiritual battles that you and I face together. Again, it's Paul and he's getting ready to wrap up his letter to the church in Ephesus. And he reminds them because they're followers of Jesus, they are going to be opposed. And he tells them in verse 10, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. With all prayer and supplication, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. This is a reminder for us that all who seek to live for Jesus. Will be opposed. You look back to the early days of the church. In the beginning of the book of Acts, we see the church being born on one day, the day of Pentecost. Peter preached a sermon. 3,000 became followers of Jesus that day. They repented of their sins. They got baptized in water, and the church began on that day. And what we find as you read through the the, the book of Acts is that the church faced opposition, but they always met that opposition through prayer. They would gather and they would pray. They would see the, the room that they were in would shake and the believers would be filled with the spirit and power and would go out and proclaim the good news of Jesus without fear of whatever's gonna happen to them. They answered the call to pray. They engaged in the battle of prayer and victories came. The gospel went forth. Forth, lives and communities were changed. What Paul is reminding us here today is that we live in a world where there is this seen world that you and I can physically touch and see and experience, but there's another world, another kingdom, if you would, that is simultaneously existing in us or around us right now. Uh, there's the kingdom of God, which is the kingdom of light, and then there's the kingdom of Satan, which is a kingdom of darkness and death. They both exist at the same time. And this is why Paul challenged believers. You need to understand that there's a spiritual host of wickedness and there are attacks that come. There, are, He called them the flaming darts of the evil one that are being shot at believers' lives day in and day out. And so he says in verse 18, here's another version, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert, be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere pray in the spirit at all times on every occasion friends that time is now that time is now for you and i to um i guess just get to a place in our life where we're just fed up and we say god this you know the minimal time we have talking to god on maybe on your drive to work or just a quick little prayer and by the way we can pray to god at all times it says come into his presence at all times to his throne of grace that you might find your help in time of need. But there's also a time to say, as a believer, I need to stand in the gap. I need to sacrifice some time, get on my face before God, get on my knees before God when maybe the kids are asleep or before everyone awakes, and seek God because there's a battle around me. Why would Paul say pray in the spirit? Well, first of all, because you and I have an enemy. And he mentions that enemy, Satan, and this great host of wickedness. Now, there's two extremes that happen in, in you know, our world, right? one extreme is to blame everything on the devil oh the devil's doing this and the devil's attacking me the devil's over here right you you walk down the hall you stub your toe and you're like oh my gosh the devil he pushed me into the wall no the devil's not to blame for everything in your life you and I might have depth perception issues right uh the car crash you have it might not be the devil it might be you looked at your Instagram real quick and you ran into somebody oh no the devil he's after me listen not everything we can blame on the devil. There's an old cartoon years ago that I saw, and it was the devil. He was sitting on the curb, and he was all sad and in tears, and someone came up and says, you know, hey, what's wrong with you, Satan? He said, man, everyone keeps blaming everything on me, right? Not everything is Satan's fault. That's one extreme, blaming the devil for everything. There's another extreme that I'm actually probably more concerned about for the church. It's, it's uh, the extreme of actually thinking too little of him. One extreme is thinking too much of him, giving him too much authority and power uh, in our mind's eye, but the other is thinking too little of him, not recognizing that you and I are, are have a, a real foe, a real enemy, right? We play it down. Oh, he, he, he's a figment of religious imagination. No, Satan is real. Satan is a created being, though. Uh, he was created as an archangel and he rebelled. You can read about that in Isaiah 14. You can also read about it in Ezekiel 28. The Bible affirms that he exists. We see it here in Ephesians throughout scripture though, beginning in Genesis 3, Job chapter 1, Matthew chapter 4, and the temptation of Jesus. There's many names that have been given to Satan that describe the characteristics that he operates in. One is he's an adversary, 1 Thessalonians 3 or 2, 18. He opposes God and he opposes the work that God does through the church. Uh, 1 Thessalonians 3.5 says that he is the tempter. 1 Thessalonians 3.5, he's the tempter. And then in John 8, we realize that Jesus said that he's a great deceiver. Jesus called him a liar and the father of lies. Satan is the leader of a highly organized demonic force that we call demons, right? They inspire false religions of this world. So every religion that that uh, denies Jesus Christ as the Son of God, and uh, you know all the different religions of the world, really outside of what what God's Word calls us to believe about Jesus and Him being God and dying physically on the uh, cross and rising physically from the dead, He uh, He also inspires false doctrines that infiltrate the church. He inspires divisions in our homes in our churches, in our communities. He inspires racism and hate in our world. And he seeks to hinder the work of the gospel. And lies and deception are his MO. It's what he does. It's what he's good at. Uh, We read that he also blinds the hearts and minds of the lost. You you wonder why you have a conversation with somebody and you can't have even a civilized conversation about the person and work of Jesus Christ without them going, I don't want to hear about that Jesus, you know, and you go, man, how would you not want to at least engage in conversation? Well, it's because this world is under attack and certainly Satan wants to hinder someone from hearing the gospel. Here's what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 4. Satan, who is the God of this world, has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. He's blinded the minds of those who don't believe. They are unable to see the glorious light of the good news. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. Isn't that incredible? To think that people in darkness is what Satan, his goal is to keep them in darkness away from the gospel. He also seeks to destroy God's people and God's mission in the world to proclaim the good news to the lost. Uh, He tempts us, we read in scripture. He seeks to destroy us and draw us away from a relationship with God. Paul called it the schemes of the devil right the the schemes of the devil he's been studying human beings for thousands of years. think about that how how many situations that he's already seen unfold over the thousands of years that he's been around that he knows how to actually trip you and I up if we're unaware and we're not mindful and praying recognize that we have an enemy John 10:10 10, 10, Jesus says the thief Purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, My purpose is to give them rich and satisfying life. First Peter says, Stay alert, chapter 5, verse 8. Watch out for your great enemy the devil he prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour lions prowl about for one reason seeking something to attack and to devour satan is real and powerful we need to be aware of of who he is and what his abilities are, but we also, more importantly, need to be, understand who we are in Jesus. Unlike God, he's not all-powerful, he's not all-knowing, he's not always present. He has his organized helpers to actually help with that. J- James chapter 4 says that Satan can be resisted. He says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. First uh, John 4 tells us that greater is he who is in us than he who is in the world. When John said, little children, you are from God and you have overcome them for he who is in you, the spirit of God inside of you is greater than he who is in the world. We're called to pray at all times because we have a great enemy after us, right? God, open our eyes to the reality of the enemy. We're also reminded that we need to pray at all times. Number two is because we're in a war. In verse 12, Paul says, guys, your struggle isn't with people. Your struggle isn't with who is going to get elected and who isn't going to get elected. As a citizen of the kingdom of heaven, that, that's that's our high call. Uh, as as a, a citizen of a nation and a country, you and I have our role to play: to vote, right, to stand, you know, and to and to make healthy choices. But our hope isn't in politics. Uh, our, our, and, and neither is our battle. Our battle is actually a spiritual battle that we are in. It's against the spiritual forces of wickedness. Behind the scenes in the unseen world, there are things that are going on. You read in the, the book of Daniel, a very interesting passage, Daniel began to pray for understanding of a vision that he saw. And on day one, God sent an angel to give him understanding for the vision that he had seen. But it wasn't until day 21 that he showed up. And it was interesting what that angel said. He said, on day one, I was sent when you prayed for understanding, but I was held up by the prince of Persia, which was a demonic ruler over that territory. Think about that. That is just a, a crazy thought to go, this cosmic force of wickedness and battles are going on as you and I just sort of go about our lives here in America. It is so easy for us to just downplay a spiritual battle to downplay that there's, you know, that's, that's a little extreme when you and I live. If we, if we go on a mission trip to another part of the world where Satan is welcome and active you're walking down the street, you see someone who's filled with a demon, you pray. He's like, wow, okay, there's some real heavy stuff going on, right? In America, everything is just, it's just, we've been sort of duped to think that, that this isn't real. Friend, you have an enemy, and number two, you're in a real battle, whether you want to admit it or not. Life isn't a playground, it's a battleground, and this isn't a call to engage in the battle, it's really a a wake-up call to say, you're already in it. Start fighting. Start fighting. Friends, we are under attack. Our church is under attack. Your life is under attack. Your family is under attack. Your kids, your grandkids are under attack. The lost person that you and I are trying to reach is being hindered and, and being blinded by, uh, by Satan himself so that they can't believe, right? The gospel has to penetrate their heart. That's a work of the spirit. That's a work of People who are at prayer and interceding for the gospel message to go forth, even as a proclaim it. How about the, the broken that need healing? They're under attack. This divided nation that we live in right now is, is under attack. This is a battle. There's casualties all around. You look at you that go, Boy, we're, we're engaged in a battle right now. We have an enemy. We're in a battle. Look at the casualties. Look at how many lives has just been taken down. Again, Satan's, his mission is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, it gets amplified during this pandemic time. That's something that we've all noticed, haven't we? We've seen an increase, a rise in depression. This county has seen uh, more people take their own lives than any other recorded time month to month. You think about that. Both June and August, 17 people in, in Fresno County took their lives. You think about the depression and anxiety that is being, you know, uh, increased in our young people during this time. Now, I know that, that, that you know, there's for sure uh, clinical depression, clinical anxiety, and I understand that all too well. However, Satan pounces on circumstances, and he seeks to actually create uh, in, a, in a person's mind that there's no hope. That's a message that he is shoving down our young people's throats right now. That there's no hope, that there's no hope in God, that, that you know, all these lies that the enemy would want to, to send out into our world about who God is and who these young people are in his eyes. We see this, uh, the, the casualties all around. Satan pounces on these opportunities. You look outside, there's brokenness. There's people who are lost. There are people who are deceived. There are people who are filled with hate and evil and corruption in our society. Inside the church too, the attack goes on. Churches divide over stupid things. The things that I hear about, you know, churches are having issues. And stuff. I'm like, are you kidding me? You guys are really having an argument about this. This is literally taking up time in a board meeting. You guys are, you're, 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 you've drawn your line in the sand, and guess what? The gospel and Jesus aren't anywhere close to that line in the sand. Satan is after the church to try to dismantle it and get it off mission, and certainly to get us away from praying here, as Paul calls us, to pray. Paul said that Satan hindered him from moving into an area to work for the gospel, to preach the gospel. Think about that. That's the apostle Paul called and, 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 and sent out by God himself to go proclaim the gospel to the Gentile world. And for Paul to say that we sought to go into this city, but Satan hindered us. So we're in this battle, man, to keep people that you love and I love from hearing the gospel, making the decision to be a follower of Jesus, to keep our young people in a, a state uh, where, they, where they feel like there is no hope or there is no future for them, to keep a, a husband and wife thinking that there is no opportunity for there to be any change, and so we might as well just throw in the towel and give up. Think about all the different ways that the enemy brings in attacks the fiery darts of doubt, a doubt of who God is, of what God has done for us or what he will do for us. Uh, think about the not only doubts, and the, but the deception, right? The discouragement that Satan shoots those fiery darts at us. We are in a battle. We are, uh, you know, in the spiritual uh, realm, there are this, this host of wickedness attacking. How many people do you know that had a, a genuine love and passion for Jesus that slowly, that, that fire began to slowly dim. You go, well, what happened? Well, uh, you know, on paper we can go, well, they stopped going to church and gee, they stopped being in a small group. They gave up on their quiet time. We can say, these are all the, you know, kind of externals that are going on in their life that that's why they're not at this state anymore. But what about the spiritual attack that was on their life? What about the people that you and I know right now? And you say, look at their marriage. They're doing well. Look at their life. They're so on fire. Look at that young person. They're doing so great. Look at their love for Jesus and their decisions about, you know, making healthy choices. And it's almost like you go, man, they made it. They've arrived. Guess what? Satan's coming for them. It's in those moments, perhaps the most that we need to be praying and interceding for them. You look and you go, how is it that they fell away? We can't discount the fact that Satan wants to oppose, attack, and tempt them to fall away. Colossians 4.2, Paul says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind. An alert mind. Being aware, as Peter said, be on your guard. Be alert. You have an enemy. He's prowling about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. There is so much at stake. There's so much at stake. Consider a struggle you're having right now. It might not have satanic roots, you know, that sort of designed and planned out by the devil himself, but I promise you he's throwing satanic fuel on that situation in your life. And he wants to capitalize it, and he wants to get the most mileage out of a difficulty or a trial that you're going through. So that's what Satan does. Uh, Not every flat tire is from the devil. Not every lost job is from the devil. It could just be that you're lazy or you, we drove across, you know, some bad, you know, like you went through construction site and like, oh, look at this nail. It's from the devil himself. But he is looking to take you down. And unaware believers, unaware that they have an enemy, unaware that they're in a battle, they fall prey because they're not watchful. And most importantly, they're not prayerful. Paul says, pray at all times. God, help us to be alert. Help us to be aware of what he's up to. So then Paul says, this is how you're prepared to stand. He says, number three, engage in the battle. Engage in the battle. Pray at all times in the spirit. With all prayers and supplications. All the components of the armor of God, and one time in the future, we'll, we'll do a whole study on like the armor of God and what it looks like to have the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness on it. But for our, for our time right now, all of the armor is defensive in nature, right? It's a shield of faith. It's a helmet of salvation to protect our thoughts. It's a belt of truth. It's a breastplate of righteousness. It's shoes where we're standing on the firmness and security of who we are in Jesus Christ that gives us peace. But the only weapons that are offensive are the word of God, the sword of the spirit, and prayer. This is where we engage. You and I could have the armor on and yet stand outside of the battle. But we're called to engage, engage, and pray, right? The word of God and prayer are the only... Ev- offensive weapons that we have, the sword of the spirit, know the word of God, know the promises that God has given to you. Jesus quoted it in moments of attack in Matthew chapter four. Listen to what Paul says in 2 Corinthians ten four. for the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're not something you can hold on to. They're not arguments that you and I could drum up. He says they're not carnal, but they're mighty in God. And Satan knows this, and he knows that spiritual battles are won, and lost with spiritual weapons. You and I need to take hold of the gifts that God has given you and I. The call to pray, to see God move in big ways in our life, in our community, our church. So Satan seeks to keep us away from praying in the spirit. He'd rather have us fighting on social media Oh, well, this, you know, this, your candidates, this, and your candidates that after watching the debates this week, I'm like Jesus 2020, right? I'm sure you are too, but he would rather you and I say, well, this, this opponent, well, he, he stands for abortion and, and God's word says that that's killing an innocent person, which is true. He would rather us throwing things out, you know, on social, well, this person, you know, this is what he does. And this is why, you know, everything he stands for is against the truth of the gospel. It all might be true. He would rather you and I, let's get a boycott together. We're going to change the world through a boycott, right? No, he'd much rather see you and I fighting on social media, fighting with people, you know, in the streets, arguing our p- cases in point, And doing things like the church does. Well, we're going to boycott this. We're going to boycott that. We're going to boycott this now because they don't believe in Jesus. And they, listen. If you take that stance, you could could probably get coffee at one place in the world right now. It's prayer. Why would Satan work so hard to keep you and I so busy in so many different areas that we think that we're gaining ground because he knows it's a losing effort? But when the church rises up and engages in the battle and prays, Man, that's when revival happens. That's when God moves in your child's life. That's when God strengthens a young person. When there's someone engaging in the battle on their behalf, praying is where we see the victories. As you pray in the Spirit, with an understanding of its power, how it affects change in the spiritual realm. Matthew nine twenty, uh, Mark nine twenty nine. Jesus, the disciple said, "How come we couldn't cast out this demon?" He says, "Because this kind comes out." Only through prayer. Think about that, right? So we say, God, lead me. Pray in the spirit at all times. Holy Spirit, I don't know what I always ought to pray for. Paul tells us in Romans, the spirit helps us in our weakness when we don't know what to pray, right? He leads us to pray for the very things that are his will and the very victories that he wants to bring, Pray with all kinds of prayers. I love that. Keep praying through that acronym ACTS that we've talked about in our fervent series way back in January and February. ACTS. What a great way to have a thorough prayer life. Adoration. Worship God. Right? Uh, Confession. Confess your sin before God. An area of your life you've been struggling today. Thanksgiving. Thank Him for something in your life. And then S is supplication. The needs that you have, the needs that your kids have, the needs that your friends have. But then there's, and with supplication, this idea is we fellowship with the Lord through, you know, adoration and and confession and thanksgiving and supplication. We talk to Him about our needs, but we also battle. It means uh, this word supplication, it means strong and relentless pleading before God. This is where we do battle in the heavenly realm through prayer. We do that for our own lives. There's victories that you need. There are victories that I need right now in my life. God, I want to see a breakthrough. God, I want to see a change. My family, there are needs that my family has that I want to see. uh, I have a a vision of what, what the future could look like. God, I want to see that happen. But am I willing to sacrifice some Netflix binging? Am I willing to sacrifice some extra sleep? Am I willing to get down on my knees and plead as, as as that word means to strong and relentless pleading before God for my life and for my family? Right? Peter was asleep when in the night Jesus was betrayed. You know, uh Jesus came to the the three, the inner circle, right? Peter, James, and John. My soul is distressed. Come and pray with me. Jesus went a little farther away. Peter, James, and John, they fall asleep. Jesus comes back. Hey, fellas, like, man, I, I, I asked you to pray, right? Pray. And then he told them this. Pray that you don't enter into temptation for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. They fell asleep again. Peter didn't know that that night was the night before his greatest battle he would face. And I wonder if Jesus was letting him know, Peter, if you pray now, you won't deny me three times later this evening, early in the morning. Maybe sometimes we, we we need to be, pray- God, I don't know what the battle I have coming up, but I could tell you this, I've been walking in a prayerless situation in my life, and so I'm not ready for it. He says to pray with all kinds of prayers and supplication, which means strong and relentless pleading for our lives, our families, but also he said for all the saints. This is where you and I learn to listen to the Holy Spirit, learn to, to just uh, allow your heart to get in tune with him. This is why we can't have any sin and things blocking this relationship with, with him. This is why we talked in our previous series, walk in the spirit, right? To listen to the spirit of the Lord. Like what's going on in a person? I don't mean in a weird kind of mysterious way. Like, you know, if Jason walks in today because we're filming today and will you know, hold up, Jason. The spirit of the Lord is sharing something with me about your life. That's That's weird, right? Although there are words that people get. I'm just talking about, A thought comes in your head about somebody. You're like, oh, gee, I wonder how they're doing today. Maybe not so good. Maybe, you know, all the crud we see on their Instagram is just a, a big facade. Lord, I don't know what they need right now, but I'm listening to your spirit and I'm praying for them. And then you find out a week later, they said, man, I just had a really rough week. And you go, wow, I was praying for you. So awesome. When you and I get in sync with God's spirit, and we start seeing victories happen because there are people who are praying for the saints. Be alert. Be vigilant. Satan is. Think about that. We're alert. We're vigilant because our enemy, who we are engaged in a battle with right now, is alert. And he's also vigilant. Ask the Lord to make you sensitive to his stirrings. To be open to what he wants to do so you can do some battle on behalf of the saints, what Paul said. When God puts a person on your mind, just go like, oh gee, I wonder how they're doing right now. Maybe it's a plea for, hey, get on your knees right now and just pray on their behalf. Pray for their situation, their marriage, their kid, their job, whatever it is. When you wake up in the middle of the night, I just hit 50 this summer. It's just weird. All of a sudden, I'm like, I wake up like my grandma would wake up. I would, I would wake, spend the night with her house. I'd wake up in the morning. She'd like written like five letters to the editor of Fesno B, something that made her mad, and she wanted to let them know and let them have it or talk about some city council member and what they were doing or weren't doing and stuff. I'm like, Grandma, how do you get all this stuff done? You know, like I've been sleeping soundly like a baby, you know, now at 50, I'm just like popping up. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need some more magnesium. I need some more of this. I need some tea, whatever it is. Here's the reality. Maybe it's because God's saying, I want you to be an intercessor. Maybe in that moment, you say, you know, what, Lord, I'm up. I just need to do some praying right now. Who is it that you want me to pray for? Be sensitive to the stirring of the spirit in our life. Learn to listen to the promptings of the spirit and go to battle. Here's a, here's a challenge for you right now. When you're talking to somebody, moving forward, as a Christian, moving forward, here's how I want you to respond to moments, opportunities to do battle. When you're talking to someone and they say, man, I've got this coming up, and gee, I'm so concerned about my child, I want you to say, instead of, hey, I'll be praying for you, I want you to stop right there and go, let's go out as we're heading out to our car, and let's pray right now. Maybe that's why it came up in the conversation, because God was saying, let's do some battle right now on whatever the situation is. Can you imagine how powerful when you and I move on the offensive, we start taking some ground back that Satan has been easily stealing and killing and destroying lives because we're willing to engage in battle. It's through prayer strongholds are brought down. Friends, I want to see our kids walk passionately with Jesus, and I know that you do too. I want to see our young people serving the Lord, never having to taste gutter water to know that it tastes bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, start walking with Jesus at three years old and never looking back. Burn the ships, man, that kind of life. They need people interceding for them, for them to be able to live that kind of life in today's world. They're under attack. Marriages, I want to see marriages restored and brought back together. And thriving, not just thriving, Surviving, but like thriving, really being a marriage that brings honor to the Lord, where people look at it and say, Jesus is in their life. I can see the way they treat one another. To see churches. Uh, being used by God to proclaim the good news to the lost all through this valley to, to not only preach the gospel to the lost, but to see the broken restored and healed, to see those who are held captive, to be set free from the chains that Satan has bound them with, right? Pray at all times. God, help us to be aware and alert. We have an enemy. We are in a war, God, help us to engage in the battle and learn how to pray at all times with all kinds of prayers. To see, God, your work and your will being done on earth, in Fresno, in Clovis, as it is in heaven. That's That's the call that we have to engage in prayer, to see victory after victory as we continue to plead with intensity to continue to seek God and say, God, we want to see you move. Pray at all times for all the saints, specifically this week. Let me leave you with this. I want you to think of a family this week. And I want you to take them to the Lord all week this week. I want you to pray for their kids. I want you to pray for their marriage. I want you to pray for their future marriages. I want you to take a person or a family, but someone that you're going to all week long, every single day, you're going to say, God, I want to bombard your, your, your heaven, your throne room on their needs. And shoot them a text. I'm praying for you all week. What do you need prayer for? How can I be praying for you? It'll be amazing to see how how they start to see some breakthroughs and God moving and God opening doors and God shutting doors and how you and I become more engaged in this, in the things of the spirit because we're now open to what God wants to do in and through our lives. I want you to be praying for our kids that God would protect their minds and and hearts from the lies that the enemy has been spewing out. I want you to pray for our church that we would emerge out of this this COVID-19 situation deal that we've been in. We would emerge more hungry for Jesus, more hungry for living a holy life, living for eternal things. I want you to pray this week for the weak that are among us, that God would strengthen them against the schemes of the devil, that you would pray for those who are hurting, that God would comfort and heal them, that you would pray for those who have wandered. If you've got a kid or a grandkid that has wandered from the faith, man, send in your prayer request. Let's all bombard heaven on their behalf this week, that God gets a hold of them and that Satan can't blind their minds anymore to the truth of the gospel, that they would walk passionately with Jesus. And I want you to pray for the witness of the church, that we might be a great witness in the world and certainly for our nation, our divided nation. You know, next week we're going to talk about uh, how we're called to pray for leaders and salvation in the land But I want you to be praying for our nation, praying for this election cycle, that God would be glorified, that his church wouldn't be messy and ugly during this time, but we would be loving and compassionate and gentle, even with our differing opinions. God, we need you in these areas. I was telling Jason today, we were talking about just like churches way back in the day. He always had like some old people in the church, you know what I mean? They were just like, man, they just sought the Lord. They just prayed. They were the ones you go to, you know what I mean? You look for them on a Sunday night and go, remember that Sunday night church? You look for me like, hey, where's that old dude at? You know what I mean? That, that dude that you just knew didn't watch TV, he didn't drink, and he would just seek God from like seven to 10 at night. Where's that dude? I was asking the Lord that today. You know what I felt impressed in my heart? I want you to be that dude, right? And I'm not saying not do this and don't do that and stay up from seven to 10. My my encouragement is that we'd say, Lord, I wanna be that one. I wanna be that one that will stand in the gap, that will do some intercession, fight some battles in prayer for the people's lives that that are so much at stake for them, right? Praying at all times, with supplication for this, all the saints. Be that kind of person this week. Watch what God does in your life this week because you choose to engage in prayer. Let me tell you, no great work. We will never see it again in our generation, a great work of revival because every great revival was preceded by great praying. This week, we want to be praying for you. We've noticed, we talked as a staff, our prayer requests have gone down They have shot way down because we don't have Sunday with the prayer cards and the boxes and whatnot. This is a season we should see them them shooting straight up, man, with all kinds of stuff going on. So send it in. There's all kinds of ways. Our app, our website, you can... Direct message us on one of our social media sites. We want to be praying with you and for you and see God do great things in your life. Listen, if, as, as we close out today, if you've been watching this, this time, this morning, night, whenever you're watching this, and today is a day that the blinders are coming off of your eyes that you want to be a follower of Jesus, what do I need to do? Well, first you need to repent of your sin. You need to say, God, I realize that I'm a sinner. I've broken your commands right? Uh, You need to recognize that Jesus died personally for your sins. He died on the cross and three days later he rose from the dead. The Bible says for God made him, this Jesus who never sinned, to become sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. A great exchange took place. And when a person chooses to repent of their sin and believe in Jesus, the Bible says that he comes into their life and he makes them a new person. Maybe today's a day that you want to make that decision. You want to turn from sin. You want to have God in your life so that you too can have this relationship with God where you can go to him at any moment and receive his help in times of praying. It starts with you surrendering your heart to the Lord. And today, if you want to do that, get on your knees right now and tell God you're sorry for your sin. Ask him to come into your life and make you a new person. Ask him to forgive you of your sin. Ask him to help you from this day forward live your life in a way that honors and pleases him. And thank him for the work of the cross. There's no magical words. You just repent of your sin. You turn in a different direction. I've been living my life this way. God, now I'm heading in your direction and you ask Jesus to come into your life and make you that new person, the Bible says he'll come into your life. And if you've made that decision today or any other day in the, distant, you know, not so far past, or maybe you have at some point, and you don't have a Bible, you don't have tools to help you grow, reach out to us on our social media, and we want to send you or email us info at rvcfresno.com, and we'll send you some tools that'll help you grow. Hey, God bless you. If you can't join us out on the grass at 9 a.m., stick here on Sunday mornings, 9 a.m., 7 a.m., actually, on our YouTube channel. Our services will be up for you. God bless you. Have an amazing rest of your day.